Welcome into another version of the Esports Minute presented by Esports Network. I'm Mitch Reams. Today's podcast is an interview with Dr. Todd Sontag. He's a physician at Orlando Health who is working with the Magic Gaming's care team. Todd, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. So I'm really excited to talk to you because you're a doctor working with esports athletes and people, I think one of the mainstream reactions to hearing that esports athletes need medical care is sort of to write it off and to treat it with a little bit of scorn. Uh, what was your first reaction when you heard that the Magic Gaming, that the NBA 2K League team uh, needed a needed a care team, needed physicians? Well, I think one of the, the reasons people scorn, you know, the, the um, gaming athletes is a lot of people don't recognize what they do as, um, you know, as the players as being athletes. And, you know, it's... You know, what they do, um, I really I really didn't know the full extent of what they did until I started, you know, um, working with them to finding out everything entails. I mean, obviously, you know, they play video games um, and they compete on an elite level, but what they have to do training-wise, you know, is, is really impressive. I mean, these guys train eight to ten hours, you know, perfecting their skill, perfecting you know, their teamwork with each other. And, um, you know, so just like any other job, any other career, any other athlete, I mean, it's the most important aspect from my standpoint as a family doctor is prevention. You know, you want to put these people in, you know, and these athletes in the best position that they can to compete at their highest level. So, you know, someone that's, you know, a gamer that has to, um, practice for eight to ten hours a day. Um, you have to really work with, you know, the um, the ergonomics of their gaming stations, and you know, you got to, you know, you got to teach them. You know, what we do as family doctors is is prevention. We treat them um, with the idea that we want to prevent them from getting injured, and we want to put them in the best position to compete at that elite level. Absolutely. And as a family as a family doctor, have you thought about taking any of the things you've learned about gaming? And obviously, you have kids who are coming into your office uh, with their families who probably play a lot of video games. Have you maybe right. thought about bringing some of those tips and and some wellness tips for kids who are pretty avid gamers? Well, I you know prior to um, partnering with the Magic Gaming. Um, you know, I have had other patients that are professional gamers and that compete worldwide, you know, and so I was already exposed to some of their issues, um, some of their medical issues that we've had to address prior. But, you know, it, there's, there's a difference between your recreational gamer and your professional sports gamer. So, you know, the, ones, the majority of my patients um, are going to be recreational gamers. And, you know, yeah, I mean, we see... We see kids, you know, from infancy all the way up to, you know, geriatric adults. Um, but as part of our regular routine physicals, even if they're, you know, not coming in with injuries, you know, that's one of the things I talk to them about is their screen time and, you know, what, what they're doing outside of school and, 
um, you know, how they spent their time. So it's, you know, as a family doctor, it's not just finding one or two things. It's finding out, you know, all aspects of their lives to figure out, you know, what we can do to keep people healthy. So whether, you know, they're playing, um, you know, soccer outside or, you know, spending a lot of time playing video games. As a general rule with video games, I mean, we kind of try and limit the recreational um, gamer to, you know, no more than two hours a day. Um, But that's because, you know, in kids, we want to really encourage, you know, physical activity as well. Yeah, that's that's incredibly important, especially as as kids. And now with so many different video game options out there, it can be easy for them to start sucking a lot of hours into in a kid's daily lives. So you mentioned screen time as one aspect. Mm -hmm. What are those key areas of concern that you see in different esports athletes that you're really focusing on with your care? Well, with with the esports athlete, as far as our professional athletes, um, one of the main things that we talk to them about and we provide resources for them are, you know, maintaining a strong core. You know, this is so important. Um, And so... Um, cross training is is so vital. Um, working their core, you know, their their abs, their back, you know, proper posture with their neck, and you know, the the cross training is so important. And that doesn't matter whether they are a professional gamer or professional football player. You know, they don't just practice their sport; they have to cross train to put them in the best position. You know, if you just sit and game all day long and then you know, eventually, you know, that's going to catch up to you if, if you're not really strengthening those muscles that are required to, to game for those amount of hours. So endurance is so important. Strength training is so important. You know, it's, it's not just, you know, sitting down and playing video games. Yeah, and I, I think that's what a lot of people miss when they think about esports is it's, it's so easy to dismiss it as the thing people just do in their living rooms. But then when you actually enter the world of esports competitors, you see their practice hours, you see the time they're putting in, the effort they're putting in, the intensity they're working with. It, it definitely comes as a surprise, I think, to people who are coming in from the mainstream. Is that right. your reaction? Yeah, I mean, and it's not just the physical part. I mean, these, these esports athletes, I mean, this is their dream job, right? And these kids are getting their dream job at 18, 19 years old. You know, and so then they have the added pressure to succeed, you know, because they know there's someone else coming along, you know, from all over the world. There are people coming along trying to get their jobs, you know, and so now you have the mental health aspect of, you know, these young kids that are, you know, just out of high school are put in these high profile positions to succeed. And so aside from the physical aspect, aside from performing you also have the mental health aspect and you know that's one of the things we address also is you know we do have mental health counselors and you know uh, other resources available just you know and we've seen you know we've seen the mental health um play a role with uh you know the jacksonville situation we had on the at madden tournament so the mental health aspect is is definitely real to go along with the physical and and everything else that goes along with it. Yeah, the that incident in Jacksonville, and for people who maybe weren't aware, um, a Madden competitor, a successful Madden competitor, uh, brought a gun to 
a tournament in Jacksonville and shot two players, shot and killed two players who um, were competing in the Madden tournament there. So that was a very sad day for the the esports and the gaming world, um, for sure. Yeah, sad for everybody. Yeah, of course, of course. And there was an NBA 2K player who was there as well who was shot, if I remember. I believe he played for the Bucks. I can't remember his name right now. Um, But yeah, it was really a wake-up call for a lot of people. Like, mental health is a huge aspect, and this can happen in literally anywhere in the world, and esports tournaments are no exception. Um, So, yeah, when you think about mental health, I think the, the age thing is is a huge deal because, you know, if you, if you look at traditional sports as an example, there's a lot of culling periods as you, you're in high school, you gotta be one of the best players there or you're cut. Then you get to college, you gotta be one of the best players there or you're cut. And then finally you get to the pros. So there's these steps up in pressure, in focus, Uh in attention. And for esports, these kids, like you said, they're 18, 19 years old and they went from playing on stream or playing in their like, community tournaments to then being drafted and on a stage in new york in madison square garden and so it's amazing yeah it's incredible but it's also a lot to handle for for a kid who's gone they didn't play high school nba 2k they didn't play college nba 2k they went from their house playing (laughs) yeah their living room to madison square garden and that's that's a lot to handle right and now you have you know just knowing that people are watching all over the world, you know, it's streaming on Twitch, it's not streaming on YouTube, you know, and it's, it's a totally different situation, you know, and you, you see that in all professional sports, you know, whether it's, you know, NBA 2K or, you know, you always see professional athletes that, you know, something gets in their head and they can't get over it. And um, whether they have all the skill in the world, sometimes it's their brain that holds them back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of pressure. You know, these kids are young, and it's it's you're right. It's a very rapid rise to unknown to celebrity. Yeah, and that plays a lot into the mental health. Also, the the dream job aspect. I think we've I've right. seen some NBA players talk about this recently. It's Kevin Love and Demar Derozan both came out with pieces about how they've been struggling with their mental health, and just because they're really good players in the NBA doesn't make them immune to having mental health right. issues and that can also weigh in on on some NBA 2K league players who are in their dream right. job but maybe people expect them to be happier than they are right you know and it's 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 mental health is real you know a lot of people don't get it especially people that have never experienced it you know and sometimes it's situational stuff you know people you know losing loved ones and things like that and they go into deep depressions and then other times it's genetics and you know it's just the way they're wired i mean they could have the dream job all the money in the world perfect relationship you know beautiful house and car and you know they can still suffer from mental health issues so you know and then you add on the additional stressors and you know it's it's easy to see why um you know things happen um when you least expect them to yeah yeah, absolutely. There's there's no rhyme or reason to depression, and I think people who've never struggled with it don't quite understand that. But yeah. Uh, so talking about the mental health and the physical health, esports sort of has a burnout issue. 
you compare it to traditional sports, which is very hard on athletes' bodies, but they often right. a lot of traditional sports athletes play to their late 30s, the best ones at yeah. least. Um, but many esports players are retired by their mid to late 20s. And I think there's right. definitely different concerns for that, but do you think proper medical care and uh, awareness of both physical and mental issues is can help prevent esports burnout? I think definitely can play a role. Um, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're still in the infancy of, of eSport. You know, I mean, this is still brand new. And so it's it's a learning process not only for the athletes, but, you know, for the physicians and every other team member, you know, that's involved, the coaches and, and all, you know, all on up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think... Um, with proper physical and cross-training, mental health care, I think you can definitely extend, you know, people's careers. Um, you know, one of the biggest issues with the reason that people are tending to retire early from esports um, is is their reflexes, you know, and it's one of those things that happens with age regardless of what you do is, you know, your reflexes at 29 are not the same as 19. And so you kind of have to change how you play, you know, and you see that in the NBA, you know, and as players age, they change their game because they can't do the things they used to do. And so I think that's going to happen with the NBA 2K players because you have that 18-year-old kid that is now eligible to play and he's got faster reflexes. So, you know, the mental part is where it can really take you farther but keeping them, keeping them cross-trained and keeping them physically fit and engaged and providing those extra resources can do nothing but help. Yeah, being, being in shape is never a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what's been really awesome about the NBA 2K, uh, the NBA 2K League, uh, the NFL getting involved, all these sports owners entering esports is that a lot of the grassroots of esports is being chipped away, and stuff like uh, wellness and care is becoming a bigger factor, which it wasn't in a lot of cases. But now you see a lot of esports organizations being run like traditional sports franchises, having practice facilities. They're moving away from team houses a little bit. They still, some places right. still have them, but um, just trying to do some things that make them resemble a little bit more like traditional sports. You know, and it should be, you know, you have to, you're investing, you know, as owners, um, you're investing a lot in your athletes, you know, and so you want them to succeed. And so you have to look at what can we give our athletes, you know, to put them in the best position, you know, what can we give them, you know, to put them at an advantage that, you know, maybe somebody else hasn't thought of to do yet. So it's constantly evolving and you know, I know the Magic Gaming um, are really, you know, trying to just surround our athletes with, you know, the top-notch resources. Um, amazing trainers, um, you know, doctors, mental health. I mean, we're really working with them, not just um, at developing their video game skills, but, you know, just as people, you know, overall. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, these kids are, are really young, so this is definitely some formative stuff. We've seen a lot of that with Fab Mello, who is the second overall pick by the Boston Celtics. 
he came in and was a pretty heavy set guy. And in the one year he's been in the NBA 2K League, he's lost, oh, like 50, 60 pounds or something like that. Um, And now he's very physically fit. And I I definitely think the Celtics having access to Celtics care and Celtics training really helped him do that. So, So lives are really being transformed more than just as careers, but as people too. Well, and I think that's you know that's part of the goal. I mean, this is not just um, it, it's not just about trying to win that championship. I mean, again, these are young kids, and you know, you're trying to help you know form them as adults and as leaders, you know, and not just there to collect the paycheck. Um, and I've I've met with you know all the Magic Gaming players, and you know, it's it, they're not just amazing players but they're just awesome people i mean every single one of them is is just so unique and just brings a lot of class you know and it's it's really cool to see i mean i think back when i was 18 19 years old like some of our players and i don't think i could have done what they're doing you know and just the way they carry themselves um you know i think magic did a great job of putting together a team that's not just great players, but great people. Definitely. That feels like a, a great note to leave off on. Uh, yeah. Did you have anything else, though, that I didn't ask you about? Uh, you want to say about working with Magic Gaming or uh, esports care in general or anything else we, we didn't really cover? No, I mean, I think I think all of this is still so young, and it, it's just amazing to be a part of the infancy of esports gaming at a professional level um, and so I'm learning as we go you know the players are learning and it's, you know the whole team's learning um, our coach is awesome our owner's awesome and it's just it's just a great organization to be affiliated with and so I'm just excited to see what we can do and continue to improve you know across the board awesome Awesome. Actually, I feel like I should bring up one last thing, and that's something we didn't talk about, which I think is it's sort of like a meme associated with doctors, but that's carpal tunnel, which is a very real issue that a lot of people face. Uh, But I feel like a a talk with an esports doctor should probably cover carpal tunnel. tunnel. Uh, What is that, and why are esports competitors susceptible to it? So carpal tunnel is probably the most common... Uh, gaming injury. Um, what carpal tunnel is, is basically it's a trapped nerve in your wrist. And it's an overuse injury. And so when you are using, you know, your gaming controllers for hours a day, um, you're more prone to get carpal tunnel. It's inflammation in the tunnel that goes around your wrist and then that presses on the nerve. Um, you see this in, in lots of different um, careers. Um, anyone that works with their hands, you know, people that do a lot of computer work. So you see it across the board. Um, But one of the most important things and what we try to teach them is, you know, having the proper ergonomics. And I know they can choose from different controllers. So they need to have one that kind of is good for them that helps prevent the injuries. And, you know, teaching them different stretches they can do, to try and prevent it, but the key, um, one of the, well, the key is to teach early signs of carpal tunnel. Um, And carpal tunnel, um, when it first starts out, you can start to get, you know, 
some slight numbness in your fingertip, sometimes some pain. And that's the point when you will need to say something. Um, and that's something I stress, you know, with these kids, you know, and because they're so young, they think they're invincible and they can work through anything. And, you know, that's how, you know, we used to be when we were kids, but, um, is, is to, to reach out and, you know, let us know when you have any kind of issue. Because if, there's no way I can tell if they're starting to get carpal tunnel if they don't communicate with me. Um, but there are things we can do when it's when it's looking looking like it's going to become, you know, a, an injury, whether it's carpal tunnel or, or something else is, you know, pain or numbness, tingling, any of these sensations, let me know because we can then prevent it from progressing. If you ignore it, carpal tunnel can become a major injury. Sometimes it's something that needs surgery. So yeah. you know, the whole key is prevention and should it, things can happen even if you're doing everything right. And if it does progress, you know, we can a lot of times prevent it from becoming a major injury. Yeah, that's, that's great. And hand stretches are crucial, even for the casual gamer. I want to stress that to anybody who's listening. Uh, if you're not doing hand stretches about every hour or so, you really should be, uh, you should be doing it because you'll notice your hands will start to tighten up and, It'll make you better. And if you're a gamer, your hands are as important as your knees or ankles are if you're an athlete. Like, that's that's where you're doing Absolutely. what you're doing. <laughs> uh, so, thank you. I, I Thank you for, for jumping on, jumping, covering that issue. I think that's really an important topic, and it's dismissed a little too out of hand. Yep. Uh, it's yep. like, oh, what are they going to do, get carpal tunnel? It's like, yeah, they might need surgery. Like, why are we just dismissing that as a, as a joke right. injury? It doesn't make any sense. Right. No, it, it's real. Yeah, it absolutely is. All right, uh, thank you, thank you, Doctor. So- uh, thank, thank you, Doctor Sontag. Wow, I did the whole podcast without <laughs> stumbling, and there it is. But uh, thank you, Doctor Sontag. Uh, he's a physician at Orlando Health. He's leading the Magic Gamings, the Magic Gaming in the NBA Two K League. He's leading the Magic Gamings care team. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me. You have a great day. You too. That was Dr. Todd Sontag from Orlando Health. Dr. Sontag is leading the care team at Magic Gaming in the NBA 2K League team. And that's a common theme among the NBA 2K League teams. Most of them have tapped into the training staff of their respective NBA franchise. And like OFAB Mello, uh, the Blazer 5 Gaming team is very active in the gym. A couple of those guys are former college basketball players. Um, so health and fitness is really becoming a huge part, and in the mainstream esports, Team Liquid has a gym in their facility. Cloud Nine is encouraging players to get fit, and that's just because it's you know you're it it isn't a purely physical thing, but the intensity, the grind, it's the same reason you'll never see uh, a fat NASCAR driver because well, they deal with a lot of G forces, but. It's the intensity, the focus, and your mental health is impacted through your physical health. So that is why so many esports organizations are stressing physical health as an important thing. And they're bringing on doctors like Dr. Sontag, who is in a really great spot, as he said, in the sort of the infancy of the mainstreaming of esports. Not the infancy of esports, but for the real true mainstreaming of it and bringing in these physicians yeah, we're still we're still in the first couple years. 
where this has really been a, a practice taking shape. So thank you for listening to this version of the Esports Minute presented by Esports Network. For all of the up-to-date news on the esports industry, visit esportsnetwork.com. And you're probably already here, but if you want other versions of the Esports Network podcast, visit esportsnetworkpodcast.com. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. And we have some other great stories. Uh, Earlier this week, I did a story on sports simulations and why they've struggled as esports. I did a list of some of the biggest athlete names who have invested in esports. I recently did an interview with Christian Bishop, the commissioner of the WSOE, talking about bringing the championship belt format to esports. And there's there's a ton of other great stuff. We got minutes from all the up-to-date news. If you just want quick hits of all the different news, check out our daily minute. It's designed to just bring you two main stories that matter every single day. You can find us on Amazon Alexa. You can find us just about anywhere. Uh, Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation.